0: To Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League presented by Change Up. I'm Owen Shadrick, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Johnny Maffey. We are back to interviews. We're back to Back to the Futures. And we had a great interview here in episode one with Colby Burlett of the 2021 champion for Vermont Lake Monsters.
1: Yeah, I may have dragged on the cold talk a little too long. Colby's up, he goes to Clarkson. And you know, the Lake Monsters tweeted today that it felt like negative 17. They you know, made a graphic with champ on the lake. I replied, it feels the wind chill is almost 30 degrees warmer here in Boston. And it's like 11. It's like pretty cold here. Um, But yeah, so that's before this blizzard that probably already hit because you guys are listening to this Monday. Colby was awesome, though. We had a great interview with him. if you don't know or remember, he had the game-winning RBI, hometown kid, hometown hero in the championship against the Pittsfield Suns.
0: Yes, he did. Last time we were playing Futures League Baseball, that is what went down. Obviously, we have a new schedule and a new season here in 2022. For all that information, you can check out episode zero of season four. But we're ready to mosey on in here to season four of this podcast, and we got some great interviews coming up. And and again, I'm excited for you guys to hear this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let us know what you think. Um, Follow us at Futures League of New England on Instagram, at the Futures League on Twitter, on Facebook. Just search the Futures League and uh, subscribe on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes.
0: All right, and without further ado, let's get you to that interview with Colby Brulette. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest who came into Vermont and made an immediate impact in the FCBL championship game. He helped the Lake Monsters win the championship. It's Colby Brulette. Colby, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the Back to the Futures. How are you doing today?
1: Good. How are you? Colby, thanks for coming on so we're gonna start this where you kind of started your Lake Monsters experience. It was not as a player, you mentioned to us that you went to games as a kid um, over the summers. What are your memories of that? Some of the early ones or the funnest ones of being at Centennial before you even knew you could be a college baseball player?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So back when I was probably seven or eight years old, um, you know, just just playing Little League, my dad and I would go to Lake Monsters games and some of the stuff I remember vividly is one getting Dippin dots at the field I thought that was awesome watching a baseball game getting some Dippin and dots and two, they used to have recliners on top of the visiting dugouts like on the roof like just behind that. And uh, I always thought that would that was like the coolest thing ever there was two recliners. And I'm like, those people that are sitting in recliners watching baseball, like that's just awesome. Um, And it was super cool, you know, having a minor league affiliate team in Vermont. Um, That was Vermont's really only professional sport. And
1: being a half hour away from home, um, it was just awesome to always go watch the Lake monsters play. So you got to watch them. And then finally this year, you joined around the beginning of August for the final stretch of the regular season and the title. What was it like when you got the call when everything happened and you got out there and then you you know you tore it up
2: yeah i'll never forget it i was actually in cooperstown when i got the call from uh, coach richards um we had a couple games in oneana new york and we stopped in cooperstown on the way to check out the hall of fame again and you know go through the downtown look at the cards and all that stuff and uh as soon as i got the call i called my dad right away and i was like you're never gonna believe this but once I'm done here in New York, I'm, I'm going to play at Centennial. And he was actually in Cape Cod on vacation at the time and he couldn't believe it. Um, and I mean, I, I was shocked, um, that my, you know, dream was about to become a reality and, man, was it ever a dream? That's for sure. You know, I, I would have never even expected us to win the championship. You know, I was just excited to be there at Centennial, you know, playing for the Lake Monsters back in Vermont
0: yeah and before we even get we will talk about that championship obviously before we even get there we have some breaking news multiple sources from the fcbl have told us that you are returning to the vermont lake monsters this summer how easy of a decision was that when did they come how did that come about who who talked to who and uh how are you back on the lake monsters this summer
2: yeah so that is that is true um it was actually decided that night we won the championship um I had a conversation with coach Wilk right after like I like you guys said I only had a three-week experience roughly but it was one of the best experiences of my life and was such an easy decision um he asked me to play and I instantly said yes I will 100% be back here next summer um and can't wait for an actual full season with the uh, Lake monsters
1: yeah it's awesome Owen Schefter over here breaking breaking a little news um it's awesome to have you back in the league guys like you are great for the league and we're going to talk about last season now the championship you guys took games two and three you won it in front of the home crowd you got the game-winning rbi we met a few of your family members after the game can you describe that i mean i know it's you know a few months many months later but what's your perspective being the fan and then getting the game-winning rbi for your dream team
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, like I said, I never expected it to happen Um, before the game, you know, a lot of nerves, but at the end of the day, it is still a baseball game, you know, and you just got to go out there and play and, you know, give it your all and do your best. And that's all you can ask for. Um, Luckily enough, we were able to come out on top. And uh, as I said to you guys a few months ago, um, whether that fifth or sixth inning um, where we scored those two runs that Jimmy knocked in, and I was, I believe I was on deck or I two after Jimmy, just to hear and see the fans and the crowd just erupt. Like it was just, I've never seen anything like that before. Like it was, it was insane. I couldn't believe where I was in my life at that point. I literally like I should ask Coach Wilt Coach Wilt to pinch me because I was like on cloud nine, you know, and I'm just on the in the on-deck circle, and I'm just like, wow, okay, take a breath, take a breath, like, you know, it's still a game, just relax, and, uh, you know, at the time, um, I I wouldn't have thought the third run would be the end-up game-winning RBI, but, you know, that's why, that's why you play it out, every run matters, and, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to bring Jimmy home across the plate there.
0: Yeah, certainly, every run matters, and I talked to you post-game, and we talked about it, a little bit. What was it like winning it for not only yourself and for the fans of Centennial Field, but for you know your state of Vermont and for Burlington and all the surrounding areas?
2: Oh, it was a huge deal. Like I said, it was a dream come true for me um, in the summer, and it still is. You know, it's something that I personally will never forget. Um, my family will never forget, and probably you know the city of Burlington will never forget um, through this hard time in COVID. You know, where. People haven't been able to get out and go to games, not just baseball, but anything concerts, you know, I think that was a really big thing this summer um, that we were able to bring it home for not only Vermont, but, you know, Burlington. Um, And I just think it's something that the community will um, really enjoy and hope hopefully we'll have, uh, you know, even more numbers in the crowd this summer moving forward.
0: Yeah. We can't wait for the fans to get back out to the field this summer. And we have a really hard-hitting question here right now for you. So I, again, I mentioned it, talked to you after the game. You were rocking a very nice hot dog hat. And unfortunately, we uh, we found out that the hot dog hat will not be making an appearance on this podcast. How? First of all, how did you even get that hat? Where did that come from? And is it making an appearance this summer?
2: Yeah, so actually, so we, have, we had 25 cent hot dog night at Centennial, um, which was a super cool event, unfortunately. We weren't able to get any hot dogs because we were playing, but, um, you know, it was a great, great night and, uh, it came from that night. Um, my mom got it for me and funny story, actually my grandfather, um, I, I have a lot of family support, you know, being local and being from Vermont and my grandfather brought a sleeve of quarters and was kind of handing it out to all my family and friends that were there. And he's like don't worry guys hot dogs are on me tonight so that was funny but yeah so that um came from that night and uh unfortunately um it was in the locker room and that night i don't know where it went
0: Ooh,
2: that's right it's good
1: i have it was, plenty
2: it was in the top of my locker and uh the next morning when i went to go clean out my stuff it was gone so Hopefully the Lake Monsters continue to make, you know, the foam hot dog hats because that was awesome. That's one of the coolest hats. I mean, I've got a ton of hats, not that I need anymore, but that will certainly be something I'm looking forward to this summer.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I don't know how much you guys get to pay attention to all the in-game promotions between innings. I'm sure you did, you know, as a fan, what's your favorite amongst, you know, the, whether it's the tricycles or the football or the uh the mini teslas what do you do you have a favorite uh between inning promo
2: there's certainly a lot of them um you know like the money grab one is always funny mm-hmm. um i remember last year i think a, a little kid you know like two three years old was like trying so hard. He like fell on the ground and I felt bad for the kid, Um, you know, cause he's trying to beat his sister or whatever, but I'd say either the the money one or the mini Tesla's those are pretty cool.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of fun promotions up there in Burlington and we're excited to see, I'm sure they have more up their sleeve for this summer. And we've talked to pretty much every Vermont person we've had on this podcast about the amount of shift that the roster had throughout the year. Co- Coach Wilk said you guys had about three different rosters and you were on that third one that helped win the championship. So what was it like coming in so late and fitting into that culture? And it seemed, and it was evident that you guys had that chemistry for the final eight regular season games and, and beyond.
2: Yeah. So I was a little bit nervous, um, going in, you know, new team late in the year. Um, I figured, you know, the team would be already kind of set and you know, their team chemistry would be, you know, already set without me and stuff like that. But all the guys were very welcoming and coaches were very welcoming. Um, I got to know pretty much everyone within the first week. Um, knew, knew them very well, it felt like. And certainly, um, you know, the guys that left still know them well, so still are in contact with them. Um, and I just couldn't believe the team chemistry that we had um, for a summer college baseball team, you know, guys from all around the country, different schools, different divisions, um, everyone just had each other's back and, uh, you know, everyone was there to work hard and, and win. You still keeping in touch with some of those guys? Yeah. I talked to Jimmy almost every day. Um, Tyler Favoretto I talked to a lot and, uh, Wyatt Cameron. I talked to him a lot as well.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, what's cool about summer ball. It's like Jimmy's another D3 kid like you, but then you had like, I think you and Ethan Anderson overlapped a little, he's headed to the ACC It's just a bunch of different, bodies really like you know clark uh from harvard the through the last out for you guys just a bunch of different bodies were you as a d3 kid like not worried or scared obviously but what was it like knowing that there's gonna be so many different guys from you know some really talented programs
2: yeah so when i looked at the roster um you know before i got there certainly saw a lot you know the three virginia boys um two harvard pitchers and a Vanderbilt pitcher, you know, I was like, yeah. wow, like this team is, this team's going to be really good. And I just took it as a learning opportunity. Um, you know, I, I have my certain way, um, and approach, you know, to my, to my game. And, um, that's pretty much just what I stick to. Um, but I also, you know, said, Hey, you know, these guys go to a lot of big name schools. Let's see what I can learn from these guys. Um, you know, and I certainly, Learned a lot about what their approach is, um, what their work ethic is like, and, you know, kind of compared it to mine. And, you know, at the same at the same time, you know, we're still baseball players. So I was able to, you know, help them with some stuff as well.
1: Yep, yeah, And pitcher of the year, Pat Harrington was on that roster as well. Him and Billy Oldham cruised that into the ninth inning uh, that that game through the championship. You got them. You guys got them, you know, a perfect amount of runs. You, you guys won by one. What's it like knowing, you know, on night where you're facing Isaiah Mestre on the Suns that, you know, we might only be able to get a few runs, but we still have a great chance to win?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, Billy and Pat were um, and still are two of the best pitchers I've ever seen. Um, those guys are phenomenal and, and great people as well. Um, going into the game, you know, we knew um, Coach, Coach Wilk has seen um, that pitcher for the Suns a couple of times. Kind of gave us a scouting report on what he has, how he likes to attack lefties and righties. Um, I just, I just tried to make an approach. Um, you know, look for the first fastball I can drive, and uh, that's pretty much what my approach is. Um, and moving forward, you know, it might change, but that's what it was for this past summer. And uh, just looked for my pitch, and you know, was able to attack it, and uh, you know, was successful
1: on that, on that game-winning RBI. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think of you know a point you just said there you didn't have a scouting report, you know, a personal scouting report on them because you showed up late, but is that better or worse than them not having a scouting report on you either?
2: Um, that's a great question to be honest with you um, because what coach Wilk had for information um, and our other coaching staff was very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this past spring season um, when school started to see me a few more times, they made an adjustment um, to how they approached me, and I was able to, you know, adjust my um, approach at the plate. They started throwing me more first pitch curveballs um, and more, you know, behind in the count curveballs. We actually ended up working on that in practice, um, you know, off the machine, and uh, I actually adjusted very well. With that I, I'll never forget. We played uh, University of Rochester. And, uh, that series, I think I went 11 for 19 with three RBI or three home runs and like nine RBIs, um, based off that adjustment to, you know, not just first pitch fastballs because they've seen me a few times working on that adjustment. Um, so I would say, I don't really have a distinct answer for you on that. Um, like I said, the certain, uh, scouting report that coach Wilk had certainly helped. Um, but as for next summer, you know the first games. I'm gonna to have to see how I'm being pitched to, and kind of go from there. Um, but I'd say, I'd say either or. To be honest with you, that's a that's a hard question, for sure. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely up for debate still. So what are you up to now? I assume Clarkson has some indoor facilities for this time of year.
2: Yeah, yeah, we have an indoor turf facility with two cages, um, and two machines. We are currently just doing captains' practices, um, but we start up with coaches uh, Sunday. So perfect.
0: You guys doing live abs yet or no? Uh,
2: not quite. Just because it's captain's practice right now. Yeah. Um, we just do pretty much, you know, T soft toss um, machine work and then some indoor fielding. Uh, pitchers are throwing pens. Um, they just started pens two days ago yesterday. Yeah. So um, getting that all ramped up and then, you know, hopefully getting ready for the big trip to Florida in March
1: absolutely is that is that your first game in florida
2: well we're supposed to have games before then but currently there's it. there's a lot of snow up here in potsdam new york and uh i don't see that going away anytime soon luckily the fields that we are playing at are turf and they do plow them but at the same time it'll still probably be cold in beginning of march up here so as of right now they're scheduled but don't know if that's going to happen so-
1: <laughs> yeah so this this pod's coming out monday so everyone's listening on monday but we're talking to colby on wednesday and it is right now two degrees in potsdam new york new york how do you deal with that when it's do, what, what, what's the coldest you guys practice in
2: uh outside you mean or inside inside uh, outside sorry yes outside okay so normally we before we go to florida like the first couple days in march if it's decent out which is like 20 to 35 degrees roughly and sunny if if it's that kind of weather out and the lacrosse team isn't practicing we have a indoor turf facility and then an outdoor um, turf field where our soccer and lacrosse plays Um, we'll go outside and do some bp outside and you know go through the infield and that kind of stuff out there. What that's like a couple days before we go to Florida, but I'd say roughly anywhere from twenty-five to forty degrees tops is yeah. kind of what we're practicing.
1: That's a good good round number. Nice and warm. It's uh, it's twenty yeah. degrees warmer here right now, and it's pretty cold. My whole take on it is, if you can agree or disagree, if it's not windy, it's not cold. Absolutely, I don't it know was. About. It was negative twenty eight
2: last weekend here, and yeah, the wind it sucks. Was, it was to the point where not only my nose hairs and mustache, but my entire beard was freezing when I walked <laughs> outside, and it's it just you get used to it at some point, you know. I've like I grew up playing hockey and I'm used to the cold, but if it's 0 degrees and windy that's a lot worse than -20 degrees out and no wind you know so absolutely
1: the wind is a huge part of it i'll check that off on my uh my list of people i'll tell them you agree
0: yeah. so
1: 2021 the spring you were earned sorry uh in 2021 you're named to the d3baseball.com new york all region team uh you're second in the liberty league in rbi with 36 you had 12 doubles which was good for third in the league uh, you hit 337 and played 26 of the, or started 26 of the 27 games. So after a long off season, a year of all those questions, a year of who, I don't know how, how Clarkson dealt with it, but how did it feel to hit so well? And then, you know, go have a good summer too.
2: It, it was a blast. You know, I was very fortunate to have a good year last spring, um, put in a lot of hard work in the fall season um as you guys know pretty much if you play college baseball it's year-round commitment Mm -hmm. um you know we have a fall season we have a winter season um even though it's not with coaches we still are hitting three times a week lifting three times a week you know it's a year year year-round commitment and uh it's always nice to see you know that your hard work pays off you know this past spring was pretty much my first full college season Um, because my freshman year we only played nine games so this was my first actual college experience and not only just here at school but um you know the summer in glens falls and obviously with the lake monsters just to play that much baseball again and you know get back to normal life again with covid and stuff like i was saying earlier it was it was a ton of fun you know just to go out there and play the sport you love um which is such a hard sport and you know have great success with it it was it was a great
1: summer and a great year.
0: Yeah, it was certainly a great year for you.
1: Before we get back to Colby brulette we wanna share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at home training setup. Whether you wanna start small with just a T and hitting net, looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine they have you covered the team at 78 sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space visit the 78 sports website at 78sports.com that's s-e-v-e-n-t-y number eight sports.com for a limited time just by mentioning back to the futures you'll receive a 10 percent discount off your order that's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to Colby.
0: You know, on the field, you've both caught and DH, or you're listed as a utility player and a catcher on the Vermont Lake Monsters and the uh, Clarkson website. So is there a preference there between catching and DHing? Um, wasn't really a preference.
2: Um, I had a little bit of an arm problem this. this. Um, well, let's say so my sophomore... My sophomore fall, I hurt my arm. So, which is why I DH for Clarkson for the glens falls dragons and the lake monsters, um, this past off season, I had surgery on that and I'm just starting to, I'm in my second week of my hitting program now. Um, so I am fully rehabbing it. I'll be back as a DH for Clarkson this spring and then. I start my throwing program mid-February, and that should be wrapped up by the first couple weeks of Lake Monsters. So, I should be back behind the dish or, you know, first, third, outfield, wherever. I kind of, I grew up in a small town, and uh, my dad kind of taught me to play everywhere, you know, just because it's kind of what we needed. Um, Sometimes I'd catch, sometimes I'd pitch, sometimes I'd play short, kind of play all over the place. Um, so that's why I'm listed as a utility as well. Um, but mainly, mainly catching in DH, um, just because that's kind of what I've, I've done the most and, uh, not really a preference. I mean, I certainly love being behind the dish, calling the game, you know, having that connection with my pitcher, um, you know, being in charge, seeing, being able to see the field, um, everything, telling people where to go, what to do. Um, I, I love that part of the game, but I also, you know, hitting is my favorite part. You know, I love to hit. I love to love to swing the stick, and uh, you know, but that comes with its own challenges as well. Um, I experienced that this this past spring at Clarkson. Um, you know, when you're when, put it this way, when it's going well, it's awesome. When it's not, it's it's tough. You know, because if you're catching and let's say you go up and strike out, um, you know, you can make a big block or throw somebody out or steal a strike to, you know, kind of pick yourself back up. But with DHing, you know, go right into the same box and you have to repeat yourself and, you know, try and, you know, be successful, get on base, get a hit, you know, something drive someone in. Um, so it DHing is certainly tough, but it's certainly, you know, very, a very enjoyable position as well. Yeah.
1: That's when you get big poppy bashing the telephone and the Orioles dugout
2: absolutely yeah i actually uh you guys probably favorite big poppy that's right yeah i just uh i just pulled a a nice david ortiz card uh the day of his election so he is uh he's my favorite all-time red sox player so very excited to hear that
0: yeah obviously that's great that he made the hall of fame and you know you said it's definitely all mental so kind of on that note when you're catching obviously pitchers they'll know Days in advance when they're when they're pitching, but for you when you're catching, how far in advance do you know? And is it tough to kind of find out the day of if you don't if you don't have a great relationship with the pitcher or if you have to like you know be the battery for that game? Does that become tough for you, or do you usually know further in advance when you're catching?
2: Um, pretty much, coaches will tell you you know a, a day or two in advance of what the game plan is, who's pitching game one, who's pitching game two. If you're going to catch both, or if you're catching game one or two um so mentally that's kind of a nice breakdown giving us a game plan on what what the game's going to look like um but as you know injuries happen stuff happens in baseball sometimes you got to go in when you're not expected to and you know it's just something you got to be ready for um and you know as as an experienced baseball player um you kind of get used to that because stuff happens all the time um you know it's a long season And uh, you just got to make the most of it. You know, you might have caught the game before, but, you know, the backup got hurt. Your legs might be a little bit sore, but, you know, you kind of just mentally drain that pain out and just kind of go through it.
1: Yeah. So when you more of a technical question, I guess, when you get on the field in the fall, you got some new freshman pitchers or new transfers or whatever it may be. What's the first step that you're taking in working with those guys and building chemistry with those guys so they trust you, you trust them? and you guys can, you know, win some ball games.
2: Yeah, bullpens for sure. I mean, we spend hours um, catching bullpens here, you know, getting to know what their pitches look like, how they move, what they're more comfortable. Well, as a catcher, that's when you realize what they're more comfortable with throwing, you know, say in an 0-2 or a 1-2 count. And, you know, as a catcher, you kind of mentally break the stuff down. Okay, this guy's got a good get-me-over-curveball that he could throw first pitch, okay, this guy's changeup is nasty. Like, we'll try and work in high fastballs and then low and away changeups um, in a game, you know? So that kind of stuff runs through your head as a catcher. Um, and you also got to talk to your pitchers, you know? You got to ask them what they throw, what they're comfortable with, and then you've got to actually visualize it, see how you receive it, see what in your eyes, what moves well, what doesn't. And you got to be honest with them, right? You know, if they're, they're asking you, is my cutter cutting, you know? that you've got to tell them the right info whether or not you know it is so that way they can adjust their grip or the way they release it or you know stuff like that um so fall is all about getting to know your new pitchers, um you know seeing your old pitchers again making sure the stuff moves the same maybe they added a pitch took a pitch away um so yeah it's all about relationships you said it
0: before we return to our interview with kobe brulette We wanna share a message from our friends at Zorian Bat Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Bat Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continuing to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the major leagues. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian Bat says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. To find out more information about Zorian, go to zorianbats.com. That's z-o-r-i-a-n bats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now back to Colby. And we mentioned it earlier, you had some awards from D3Baseball.com. You know, you've played at Clarkson. How much pride do you take in being part of and playing for a Division three school?
2: Oh, it's a, it's a very big deal for me. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that also play D3 baseball, and especially coming from Vermont, um, not a lot of people are fortunate enough to play college sports, let alone baseball, um, after high school because there's not a lot of recruiting in Vermont. But when you're fortunate enough to be one i think it's three percent of high school athletes on to play college sports um you know that means something um you're there for a reason and you know you've got to earn it to stay there um so that's kind of what drives me every day and uh you know just try and get better each and every day um you know some days are going to be better than others obviously but playing playing a college sport especially d3 um you know it does mean something. We played against uh Adam Zabrowski out of St. John Fisher College this this spring and I played against him this summer. He actually got drafted by the Braves um this year, you know, out of D three. So, you know, D three players can still get drafted. It's certainly a lot harder to, but you know, there's always there's always an, a chance of of transferring, going D one. Um, you know, you just gotta put your work in. Uh, but you know, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Um, so yeah, it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's like what leagues are the futures like are for, you know, you can do it in D three Proved against the big boys in the summer. And, uh, that's what it's all about. I also heard you the sources in Vermont aren't just saying that you're back for 2022. I've also heard you're at one point the best hockey player in the state. That's a quote, direct quote from the Vermont press box. Did you need to like make a decision baseball or hockey? Yeah, that was a very hard time in my life.
2: Um, so when i told people that i that i committed to clarkson to play baseball i'd say 50 percent of the people were proud of me and the other 50 asked me why i'm not playing hockey um that's not what you want to hear yeah exactly so they're like oh you play baseball too like i'm like yeah um but so hockey is very big in vermont i actually went to the powerhouse um high school for hockey Bells Free Academy has the most um, hockey state championship banners in the state of Vermont. Uh, I was fortunate enough to win two my freshman, sophomore year. And uh, my June start of my junior year of high school, my dad and I had a very serious conversation whether or not I wanted to go left or right, baseball or hockey. And it was a very hard decision. Um, I loved hockey. I loved baseball. You know, I played them both since I was three years old. And I was starting to get juniors offers for hockey, my junior year of high school. And uh I was debating whether or not one, I wanted to go to prep school, two, I wanted to stay at BFA, or three, go play juniors and you know, hope to accelerate the process. And I, you know, as a 16, 17-year-old kid, I had no idea what I wanted to do. My decision was based off of you know, where college hockey is at now. You need to play, you know at least two to three years of juniors to even have a look, you know, at getting D3, D1 offers, um, whether or not I could have gone D1. I don't know. I would have liked to think yes. Um, but I just, I didn't want to be a 21 year old freshman and not know, you know, whether or not there's a school out there for me, which is why I decided to go the baseball route. Um, was fortunate enough to have a couple offers out of high school. Um, and, you know, I was able to be, you know, a true freshman and, you know, get into college when I was 18. But uh, yeah, hockey was and still is a very big part of my life. Um, I play club here at Clarkson. And uh, it's, it's a ton of fun. Absolutely.
1: All right. So crucial question for us down here in Boston, off of that, is Tuca going to be all right? Or is this just going down a bad hill?
2: I don't know. I was surprised when I saw that they signed him back. I didn't have a problem with Tuca. I know some people did. Um, I'm a, I'm an all New England fan, so I'm a Boston Bruins, Red Sox, Pats. You know, I'm not a huge basketball guy, but I'll root for the Celtics. Um, yeah, and also they had a lot of COVID problems, too. Like, you know, a ton of guys on the list, but I don't know. It's, it's not looking great so far, but uh, I don't know. I hope my boy Pasta can pick it up here soon.
1: Oh, yeah. I love Puss. I used to live near him in the north end here in Boston. And I saw him once in a while in his plaid suits and matte black Mercedes or whatever. Just really? Yeah. It was, he's, he's one of my, him and Marshawn are my my two.
2: Yeah. No, um, so I w- I was a center. um. So I really like Bergeron as well, just because he's so, you know, defensive oriented and so good at faceoffs, you know, coming from a hockey perspective. That's kind of what I pick up on. Um, but I actually won a signed pasta jersey through my american legion um when i used to play legion ball in high school um we had a we had an event and i was able to able to win a pasta signed jersey and that was i still have it in my closet at home but that's something that i just think is the coolest thing ever you know
1: i wouldn't even wear that i wouldn't trust myself to just hang it right up nope nope no nope. I, don't, I don't wear it that's I for. Wear it. i just look at it Yep. Just look at it nice and pretty up there absolutely
0: yeah, well, at the end of the day, you chose the baseball route, and we're very happy to have you in the baseball universe, of course. And we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Colby, we got a few more questions for audience to get to know you better. Is that okay? Sure. All right, let's roll. Who, is, who was your favorite teammate in your brief time with the Lake Monsters?
2: Oh, wow. Oh, boy. There was certainly a lot of them you know a lot of guys that i knew from vermont beforehand um i'm gonna have to say tyler favretto um he really really helped me get acquainted with the team um really helped me you know i wasn't wasn't in the biggest slump with the lake monsters but if i you know rolled over grounded out struck out once he'd always be right there and be like hey man like you're too good of a hitter to get down on yourself like You know, we need you. It's a lot of ball left. So, and uh, you know, we're still in contact today and uh, he's also coming back as well. So yeah, I'd say Tyler Fabretto.
0: Yeah. More breaking news here on back to the future Fabretto back with the lake monsters as well. And that's always good to have one of those teammates and it's always good to have a walk-up song too. So what are you, what are you blasting through centennial or otherwise when you're walking up to the dish?
2: Yeah. So I actually, I was a, was a tough, tough question for me um when they asked me so i uh my walk-up song at clarkson is john cena's song um his walkout song i just think it's a really really cool beat and just you know kind of upbeat and gets me going um but uh when i came you know i came home i chose still going down by morgan wallen the part where um says because i'm from a small town Um, The town I'm actually from in Vermont doesn't even have a traffic light. It's that small. Um, And I'm a big country music fan. So I thought that was a well-fitting
1: song. So that Dustin, that Dustin Lynch, uh, one stoplight town song or whoever sings that, that doesn't even apply to Georgia. Nope. Nope.
2: (laughs) Just stop signs, maybe a few yields, but that's it.
0: Yeah, me and Johnny definitely approve of the country walk-up song for sure. And you mentioned favorite big league team being the Red Sox. So who is your favorite big league player, whether it's current or historical?
2: So historical, like I said earlier, David Ortiz was my favorite Red Sox that I actually watched. Um, You know, I was able to catch a, a few of his games before he retired when I was younger. Just really loved his swing, you know, especially me being a lefty. And just how clutch he was for the Red Sox. Um, and then currently on their roster last year, I'd have to go with Kyle Schwarber. And it makes me very upset. I don't think they're going to re sign him. Um, you know, before the lockout, I heard the Phillies were very interested in him, and it didn't sound like he was going to be returning. Um, you know, another sweet lefty swing. Um, I kind of have a tendency to, you know, like lefty batters just because it's kind of comparative to my swing um because i'm a lefty but you know how do you not like mike trout swing as a righty you know it's just but yeah so i'd say uh
1: david ortiz and kyle forber and uh what about your favorite ballpark you've either been at as a fan or played in oh it has to be fenway you just walk into fenway
2: and you just the place just erupts like in front of you like you just see all the you know, the, just looking at the details, like the grass and the dirt and everything is just pristine. And I, I couldn't imagine, you know, taking around a BP at Fenway. Um, I've done it virtually through Hitchracks. Um, and I actually wrapped one around the pesky pole and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, but I just, just like, so, so bright and just, I, it's, it's gorgeous. I actually, uh, have a picture saved on here. That I sometimes use for class. I'll use this as my background. <laughs> I mean, Perfect. Just, you know, just look at that. You that's know, that's gold. So
1: yeah, beautiful sky. Yeah, it's almost like it almost might uh, ruin your swing a little if you're just trying to pull one down the line every time. If you take one there, yeah. Um, Fenway's on a lot of people's bucket list. You've obviously checked that off. What's on your sports bucket list? Of uh, places to visit, just events stadiums anything oh that's a great question
2: um my dad and i have talked about going out to montana for uh for a hunting trip once i'm out of school and while we're out there i think it'd be really cool to go to uh the rocky stadium for a game just to get to experience what it's like with that elevation um, i play a lot of mlb the show and i play most of my games at rocky stadium because the ball flies better And, uh, I just think it'd be cool to experience, you know, what that kind of feels like, um, you know, in Vermont or the green mountain state, but out west, it's a completely different, different, um, you know, kind of mountains. So I think that'd be cool. Pretty cool to experience.
1: Hit it high, let it fly. Exactly. Are you superstitious with baseball or were you with hockey? Absolutely. Can you, are you, is it a secret? Are you allowed to tell us?
2: um i mean i have got a lot of them you know as a baseball player um but some of them i mean i don't even know where to start this list but i wouldn't i wouldn't wash my pants if i you know like had a really good game hitting i'd keep that until you know it was an over day keep that straight going and then i'd wash them um a lot of got a lot of the guys here at school pick on me and because they can mock my walk up to the plate. I have a very specific ritual that I do. Um, so that's kind of it's, it's got a lot of parts to it. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but my my walk up when I do the play, I tap the plate, you know, stuff like that. Um, actually, let me see if
1: I can do this i'm in my dorm room and it's a little tight but those of you on spotify itunes and soundcloud tune into youtube for this part of it yeah
2: so i kind of i go up go up over down out one through a couple taps on the shoulders and then we're good to go good to go sometimes there was one time where uh at rochester i kind of walked up before i got ready i kind of gave him one of these just to get loose and my teammates whenever i see them at practice they're like hey you getting ready <laughs> it's pretty funny um yeah and then uh as for like food and stuff um i always have a banana before each game just to you know prevent cramps and stuff like that and hydrate a ton um but nothing nothing too out of the ordinary i'd say um you know just get into that kind of baseball ritual you know so
1: yeah absolutely it's all about the routine whatever works last question of this segment presented by zephyr what's your favorite baseball memory oh wow
2: Certainly a lot of them. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard not to say winning championship with the Lake Monsters. I'm trying to think of something else. Um, I mean, that's going to be a tough one to beat. I mean, game winning RBI for the Lake Monsters. That's like I said, you know, it's a dream come true. That doesn't happen every day. Um, But I guess if I were to say something besides that, in 2017, my Legion team won the state championship um, for the first time in 83 years, 83 or 84 years. Um, And that was really cool, Um, you know, for my local community, um, going against up all these big Chittenden County teams that pull from a lot of bigger towns and stuff. Um, It was really cool for us to win that Um, and just the ride to the... The championship there was was crazy. We played at uh, the ballpark in White River Junction, um, New Hampshire. And it was a, a newly built park that nobody had hit a home run out of. And uh, I was on second. One of my teammates had a home run. And he was like the first ever to hit a home run out of that park. And I was like, wow, like that, that's just an insane fact. And uh, then we ended up in the ninth inning. I'll never forget it. I was catching, and it was a night game under the lights. It was so, like, warm that fog started rolling into the outfield. And I called for the last pitch, and the guy hit it to left field. And once it got in the outfield, I couldn't see the ball. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to lose, because there was a runner on second. And then all I see is my left fielder who ended up catching it, run through the fog with his arms up like this. And I was like, Oh my God, we just won!" like, I couldn't see the ball. It was that foggy. I was just like, wow, that's, that was crazy. So, um, besides, besides the lake monsters, I'd say winning our Legion championship in 2017.
1: That's like, if you, if you brought that script to
0: Hollywood they'd be like, no, that's a little too cheesy. Yeah. Like <laughs> actually I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like it's from a movie. That's insane. I can't even, I'm like picturing it in my head too. Um, and before we sign off here, how about a quick message to Lake monster fans as you are officially back for the 2022 summer.
2: Let's go Lake monsters. Let's see you in summer 2022.
0: Yeah. You heard it first. We can't wait for all fans to be back at ballparks. We're, we're getting closer and closer to the season here. And Colby, we want to thank you so much once again for joining us. Best of luck with everything and, and good luck with the rest of the, or this spring at Clarkson and we'll see you soon in Vermont.
2: Yes. Thank you guys very much for having me looking forward to seeing you guys in the summer.
0: Thanks Colby. And this has been episode one of season four of back to the futures, the official podcast of the futures collegiate baseball league. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks to everybody for tuning in and we will see everyone soon. We'll